Section 18 of the Book of Wales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mike Botes. The Book of Wales by Frank Evers Bedard. Chapter 9, Part 1. Beaked Whales, Family. Ziphiidae. Another group is formed by the Ziphiids whales, which should perhaps be only regarded as a subfamily of Ziphiinae. The whales of this subfamily or family are of moderate size, not exceeding, so far as we know from actual measurement, a little over 30 feet. They are also fairly rare and seem for the most part to live singly, so that their bodies have been but rarely thrown up upon the shore. Moreover, they seem to be most prevalent in the southern hemisphere, hence their occurrences would be far likelier upon the great stretches of desolate coasts which abound in the southern half of the globe to go unnoticed. Their rarity at present contrasts with the relative abundance which one obtained on the surface of the earth. This leads, remarks Sir W. Flower, to the belief that the existing Ziphides are the survivors of an ancient family which once played a far more important part than now among the cetacean inhabitants of the ocean but which have been gradually replaced by other forms, and are themselves probably destined ere long to share the fate of their once numerous allies or progenitors. Since the words just quoted were written in the year 1871, more has been discovered and written about this group of cetaceans, but they still remain a group or family that requires much further study before they are as well known as some other families of cetaceans. Their rarity is emphasized by the fact that almost every individual seen or captured has received a different name. Berardius is only known by three specimens, Mesoplodon grei by two or three. The late Mr. P. H. Goss thus wrote of a mysterious Delphinorhynchus equals Mesoplodon, observed by himself in the Atlantic. During my voyage to Jamaica, when in latitude 19 north and longitude from 46 to 48 west, the ship was surrounded for 17 continuous hours with a troop of whales of a species which is certainly undescribed. I had ample opportunity for examination and found that it was a Delphinorhynchus, 30 feet in length, black above and white beneath, with the swimming paws white on the under surface and isolated by the surrounding black of the upper parts, a very remarkable character. This could not have been the toothless whale of Havre, and there is no other with which it can be confounded.
Here, then, in a whale of large size occurring in great numbers in North Atlantic, which on no other occasion has fallen under scientific observation. The toothless whale of Havre, it may be remarked, named Aodon dalei, seems to be merely a toothless, probably aged example of Mesoplodon bidens. Apart from Hyperodon, which has been long known, and which is fairly abundant, the Ziphides whales were entirely unknown to science until the beginning of the present century, and up to the year 1871 only some 30 individuals had been caught or stranded. The Ziphides whales agree in the following assemblage of characters. 1. The functional teeth are limited to one or two pairs, which are only developed in the mandible. In addition to these, there are a number of small teeth in both jaws, which are not recognizable in skulls, as they come away with the gums and are hidden by them during life. 2. The skull is characterized by the marked prominence behind the nares, by an elevation of the maxillae, exceedingly developed in hyperodon, by the long rostrum, by the large solid pterygoids which meet in the middle line, and by a distinct and separate malar bone. 3. The vertebrae are not more than 50 in number. Their spines, in the dorsal and lumbar regions, are very long. The transverse processes of the neural arches of the dorsal vertebrae, as a rule, cease abruptly near to the end of the series and are replaced upon the succeeding vertebrae by similar processes which arise from the bodies of the vertebrae. Hyperodon is exceptional. 4. The ribs are not more than 10 pairs. The sternal ribs are permanently cartilaginous. 5. The blowhole is crescentic, with the concavity forwards. 6. The pectoral fin is rounded and not large. The phalanges are not numerous. 7. There is a dorsal fin falcate in form. 8. The throat is marked by at least one pair, question mark, as to Berardius, of gallar grooves similar to those of Balaenoptera and Physeter. All the Ziphides whales present these characters. They agree with the Physeterine in having no functional teeth in the upper jaw in the general form of the skull. In the characters of the transverse processes of the dorsal vertebrae, in the cartilaginous sternal ribs, and in the throat grooves. But the Ziphides whales differ from the cachalots in the fewness of their functional teeth and in the existence of a distinct malar bone. In the latter point they agree with the Mistacosetti. It is possible that the Ziphides also agree to differ from other whales in a small character, which has been noticed at any rate in Hyperodon, in Mesoplodon, 
and Ziphius by Scott and Parker, that is, in the rounded projection between the flukes of the tail. The genus Mesoplodon consists of moderately sized whales, 15 to 17 feet or so in length, skull with mesethmoid ossified. The nasals are sunk between the upper ends of the premaxillae. Single pair of larger or smaller functional teeth in lower jaw, embedded in mandible at or near middle. Vertebral formula C7, D9 or 10, L10 or 11, CA19 or 20 equals 46 or 48. Atlas and axis fused, sometimes also third. Sternum of four or five pieces. Eight ribs, two-headed. Phalanges, one, one. Two, six. Three, six. Four, three. Five, two. The most elaborate account of the skeleton of Mesoplodon is contained in Sir W. Flower's description of the osteology of most of the species. The skull agrees with that of Ziphius and differs from that of Hyperodon and Berardius in the thorough ossification of the mesethmoid and its coalescence with surrounding bones to form the very solid rostrum which in the adult has a density of ivory. The tympanic bone of this genus differs from that of Ziphius in having a well-marked groove at the posterior end between the lobes. In this matter, Mesoplodon agrees with Berardius and differs from Hyperodon, which in its turn agrees with Ziphius. Ziphius and Hyperodon are nearer in this particular to Physeter, and the two other Ziphide genera to the dolphins. In these beaked whales, the breadth of the base of the rostrum and the relative positions of the two foramina for the exit of the two branches of the second division of the fifth nerve offer characters which are made use of following Sir W. Flower in the characterization of the species of the genus. The maxillae have the characteristic ridges of the Ziphides whales, especially in M. hectori. The nasals are sunk between the extremities of the premaxillae. The relations of the palatines and pterygoids differ somewhat and are made use of to distinguish the species M. australis and M. densirostris. The vertebral formulae of several individuals are as follows. M. grei, C. 7, D. 10, L. 11, C. A. 20 equals 48, M. australis, C. 7, D. 9, L. 11, C. A. 20 equals 47, M. Bidens, C7, D10, L10, 
CA 19 equals 46. Another individual of M. bidens, C7, D10, L9, CA 20 equals 46. M. Layardi, C7, D10, L10, CA 19 equals 46. There are thus no specific characters at all obvious to be deduced from the numbers of the vertebrae. In both M. australis and M. grayi, the atlas and axis alone were united. The least amount of union existing in any Ziphyids whale, and one of the skeletons was that of an adult animal. The same amount of union has been observed in two sp specimens of M. bidens. In M. layardi, the first three vertebrae were united, the rest free. The high spines of the dorsal and lumbar vertebrae and the absence of a slope backwards in those vertebral spines allies the present genus to Ziphyus and Hyperodon and distinguishes it from Berardius. Zygopophyses extend to about the sixth vertebrae, dorsal, in M. australis, further back to the tenth in M. grey. The lumbar vertebrae are strongly carinate below. There are eleven chevron bones, judging from the presence of articular facets. The sternum has five distinct pieces in the immature M. grey, only four in the adult M. australis. In both there are notches between the successive elements which are naturally converted into foramina. While there is great uncertainty about the species of Ziphyus, more is known, thanks to the studies of Sir W. Flower, concerning the species of this genus, Mesoplodon. Eight species, at any rate, can be clearly recognized mainly by the position and the characters of the teeth. These eight species, with their synonymi, are as follows. Mesoplodon bidens sourby equals delphinus heterodon sourbiensis blainville d sourby demare delphinorhynchus micropterus cuvier mesoplodon sourbiensis van beneden micropteron bidens malm awadon dalei lesson this the first species of the genus is atlantic and north sea range it is thus to be characterized rostrum broad at base no basirostral groove foramina for exit of two branches of second division of fifth nerve on a level tooth near hinder edge of mandibular Synthesis, its apex directed forwards. This species is the only one that has ever been stranded on the shores of this country, and not very many examples 
have been thus seen or acquired. Mr. Lydica in British Mammals in Allen's Naturalists series records ten individuals. Of these, the first is the one from which the species was originally described. It was stranded on the shores of Elgenshire, and its skeleton is now in the Oxford Museum. The very last specimen, which the present writer had the pleasure of seeing in flesh, is now at Tring in the Honourable Walter Rothschild's Museum. This whale reaches a length of from 15 to 18 feet. A specimen of this whale was captured Havre in August 1828 and lived for two days out of the water. It was offered soaked bread and other alimentary substances. It emitted a low cavernous sound like the lowing of a cow. This specimen had no teeth and was named in consequence Aodon. Mesoplodon europeus Gervais equals D. Gervaisi de Longchamp. Rostrum broad at base. No basirotral groove. Foramina of the second division of fifth nerve, as in M. Bidens. Tooth at middle of mandibular symphysis. This species is not to be regarded as certainly distinct from the last. The only point it will be observed in the above definition relates to the position of the teeth. Dr. Gray, however, erected it into a separate genus, Neoziphius. It is based upon a single individual found floating in the sea at the entrance of the British Channel about 1840. The skull is now in the museum at Cannes. There is really nothing more to be said about this animal. Mesoplodon densirostris, Blainville. Ziphius seculensis, Gray. Rostrum narrow at base. Basirostral groove present. Foramina for fifth nerve, one behind the other. Tooth with vertical apex near hinder edge of mandibular symphysis. This species has been taken at the Seychelles, on the coast of South Africa, and at Lord Howe's Island. The species is based upon a skull and the skeleton of another animal. Mesoplodon grey, hast, rostrum narrow at base, basirostral groove present, foramina of fifth nerve, one behind the other, tooth vertical near hinder end of jaw symphysis. This whale was placed in a separate genus, Ulodon, by von Haast, on account of the fact that the upper jaw is provided, as are the jaws of other Ziphyids whales, with a row, 19 on each side, of small teeth entirely unconnected with bone and without any traces of sockets on the bone of the jaw. It is doubtful, however, whether this character can be used to distinguish a genus 
since in M. bidens there are similar teeth in both jaws, and the same may be the case with other species of the genus, although there is, according to Sir W. Flower, no evidence of the presence of any such teeth in M. australis or M. hectori. In Mesoplodon australis of flower, which is the same as M. hectori in part, the rostrum is narrow at the base, basirostral groove present, foramina of the fifth nerve one behind the other, tooth near hinder edge of synthesis. This species was founded by Sir W. Flower upon a skeleton which Dr. Hector had referred to M. hectori. It would appear from the above definition to be nearer to M. densirostris, but there are points which serve to separate it from that species. The most obvious is the fact that in M. densirostris the palatines completely surround the anterior ends of the pterygoids. In M. australis, the former lie altogether outside the latter. Mesoplodon layardi, gray, with synonyms. Calidon gantheri, gray. Dolichodon traversi, gray. Mesoplodon flowery, hast is provided with a rostrum narrow at base, basirostral grooves present, two foramina of fifth nerve on a level, tooth very large near hinder edge of mandibular symphysis. This mesoplodon is remarkable on account of the singular growth of the strap-shaped teeth. These finally grow round the jaw so as to prevent their opening to the full extent. At first, this singular arrangement was naturally regarded as an abnormality, but later it was found to characterize the species, which is in this peculiar feature of its organization comparable to the saber-toothed tiger. It is like the last a southern species. Mesoplodon hectori, gray, equals Berardius arnuxi, hector. Mesoplodon noxi, hector. In this species, the rostrum is broad at the base. The basirostral grooves are absent. Foramina of fifth nerve on a level, tooth close to apex of mandible. Of this species, Sir W. Flower wrote that it does certainly present some transitional characters between Mesoplodon and Berardius, but as it is only known by the skull of a very young animal, it is scarcely safe to decide its position, except provisionally. It is, of course, the apical position of the mandibular teeth that has led to its confusion with Berardius, Mesoplodon hasti, flower, rostrum narrow at base, basirostral grooves present, foramina of fifth nerve, one behind the other, tooth very large 
near middle of jaw. This species is only known from a rostrum and a mandible, but the peculiar form, triangular with a conical point, and large size of teeth seem to mark it out. Finally, there is the species Mesoplodon steinagerii of True, which has an unusually large brain case, half of the length of the skull, no basirotral grooves, and the two foramina, one behind the other. This skull, which came from Bering Straits, has no lower jaw. The genus Hyperodon may be distinguished by the following features. Skull with enormous maxillary crests in adult males. Mesethmoid, not fully ossified. A single tooth on each ramus of lower jaw. Also numerous small teeth as Ziphius. Vertebral formula C7 D9 L9 CA 18 equals 43. Cervicals fused into one mass, the last sometimes three. Sternum consisting of three pieces, the last of which is bifid posteriorly. In more than one feature, Hyperodon, of all Ziphides, comes nearest to Fisita. The great maxillary crests, figure 29, are paralleled in Fisita, where, however, owing to their relative thinness, they bound, instead of diminishing, through blocking up the cavity for the spermaceti. In the vertebral column, too, is a striking point of likeness. The first six ribs, as in the Ziphides, are two-headed, the capitular and tubercular attachments being in two successive vertebrae. The seventh rib, however, is exactly like the tenth rib of the cachalot. It is attached to two processes of the seventh dorsal vertebra, which nearly join each other before they receive the rib. Fisita, therefore, in this particular, is more like Hyperodon than it is to its nearest ally Kogia, and both genera retain a trace of the arrangement characteristic of Inia. This genus comprises apparently but two species, one with many aliases, e.g. H. Butzkoff, H. Borealis, is the northern H. rostratum. The other, which seems to be perfectly distinct, though only known from a single water and pebble-worn skull, comes from Australian seas and was described by Sir W. Flower as H. planifrons. Thus, like so many other genres of cetaceans, Hyperodon is of very wide range. Dr. Grace's species, Latifrons, made the type of a separate genus, Lagenocetus was undoubtedly based upon an old example of Hyperodon rostratum. It has been shown 
that the forehead increases in squareness with the age of the animal, as the accompanying figures derived from Captain Gray's paper on the whale show. It is interesting to note that it is the males which show this peculiar form. The females nearly always remain in the condition of young males. The square appearance of the head in front is produced by an increase in thickness of the crests of the maxillae, which this whale has in common with Berardius, only more developed even in the young. End of section 18. Recording by Mike Botez.